I just don't know why. Why can't I fit the whole octopus in? I've been trying for hours, and this whole octopus one, are you supposed to fold it or something? What? Who are you? Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our ongoing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something extremely better. To review every episode of Star Trek and their movies. To seek out new guests and make them extremely uncomfortable. To boldly go where very many other Star Trek based YouTube shows have gone before. Welcome to our 56 of the Nerdy Up North charity stream. This is Trekking Up North Part 80. I am your host, Captain Goodwill, and joining me as ever is the liquor from the planet I'm, Honk. I'm trying to lick my eyes like a chameleon, and it's just... I think I'm ill-evolved for it. He's a Geesian from the planet Honk. <laughs> it is science officer Sunoy's... <laughs> Guys, we are Hello. both incredibly broken and we have decided to swap the martinis for the lemsip teenies. But we both got lemsip. lemsip. We all chink. General Galron ex- <laughs> insists you experience the lemsip. Glory to you and your clear nasals. <laughs> it really is. I love. I love how we we didn't get much sleep yesterday. We sleep? like we did the twenty four hour stream on Saturday through to Sunday morning, and then I think we got about three hours each. And then we were like, and then you got woken up by the carers and your mum sort of being like, "Hey, let's do things." What, and then what, what was I got, so annoying? I had to go and play D anD D in the afternoon. What was so annoying is I literally got into bed. <laughs> pulled the covers and I was like ah. <laughs> hello that's it and I was like you I, can't escape the world goodwill I've, the world wants in I've just raised so much money for you why can't you leave me for five <laughs> minutes um, but no yeah so I uh, I think in, in between Saturday and Sunday uh I was one of the few people that had some sort of sleep for an hour. Um, mm. But it was an incredible experience. And Nerdy Up North raised damn near over 1,500 English pounds, English pounds for cancer research. If To put that into perspective, that's like um, three minutes worth of Rishi Sunak's salary. Um <laughs> Fuck or at Tories. least five steak bakes. Five? I mean, well, maybe. And if, well, you know, maybe maybe it's the end of the day and they've got something they need to get rid of. In the whoopsie pile, yes. I, in, I, the whoop, in the whoopsie pile. In the whoopsie pile, uh, yes. That's where I was born. That's my whole Bane origin story. It is. Like, <laughs> you merely accepted the whoopsie pile. I was, I was born into the whoopsie <laughs> pile. My entire <laughs> life, my entire life is the whoopsie. Um <laughs> But yeah, um, that's what happened no, when we, I was conceived. We should have done what Lee did. <laughs> Sorry. We should just... oh, oh, oh dear, I've arrived. Um, good show. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, it'll be a captain one day. Uh, but we should have done what Lee did with having a sneaky, sneaky sleep on the stream. Oh, like we're kind of fun. like uh, we were trying to coordinate it, where we were like, okay, cool, we're on ten a.m. till 
11 but then it ended up being 10 till midday and then it ended up staying on till like one or whatever and then all these other things and then being in the different segments and not really having enough time to do anything like i had like yeah. one hour breaks between the sections i was on i was like shit i can't go to sleep during that and i can't really start anything during that so it was the effect effectively it was like being up for the full 24 hours because i was like you know it was yeah i i'm very happy i wasn't on camera for the whole time because you would have just seen the eventual erosion of someone's face live on air but <laughs> it was it was that case of i feel useless so i will just spam the social medias uh constantly mm-hmm. uh so that that's what i did for 20 uh, for the whole 24 hours but it was it was it was wonderful and it's deeply deeply angering uh, and infuriating that youtube and went Oh, you did this remarkable thing for over twenty-four hours. Yeah, no one can view it ever again because we don't do twenty-four hour videos and we've just deleted it. And you if you want it back, then sorry, you can't because it's Is that gone. what they did? It's gone. Whoa. It's, I thought they would No, it's it's uh it's it's gone. Um Paul, bless his little heart, works so hard, um smashing everyone's face in at YouTube YouTube mm. trying to find it, but we have segments that uh, Paul has has very kindly up- uploaded, like the Sonic Race, yeah, um, and and um, the promo videos and everything like that. But YouTube just even the clips, it's it's all gone, man. Um, well, to be fair, YouTube is a pile of shit. Like that's why when we did ours, it's on Twitch, so it just appears in the thing and just goes, "Hey, it's Twitch." So, yep. Do you want to publish this twenty-four hour video? And you're like, yes, go on then. And so it's still there. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of. I mean, or at least you can download it. So it yeah, kind of, you know, I don't think I think it takes it down after a while, unless you're sort of like a you know affiliate crazy member. But it basically goes, hey, do you want to download this to your computer? And you're like, yes, yes, I do. YouTube's been rather uh, crazy at the moment because it 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 was active. It's it's actively stopping people's. Uh, watching your videos by saying you've got an ad blocker you're not supposed to have an ad blocker please stop using an ad blocker you cannot look at YouTube with an ad blocker and then you can just click it off and continue watching with ad blocker and you're like okay wait wait, wait. it's actually sort of oh thank you for that additional inconvenience YouTube I'll see if I can watch this somewhere else instead which is basically my response to it where it's like oh because I got to the point like before I got ad blocker on my laptop uh, I was basically like, oh, maybe I just don't want to watch this video on YouTube then. Like, you yeah. know, and because it, it was, I was genuinely like, I'm so sick. Because it got to the point of like, I was watching a video and because it was like a popular person's video, like a big channel, it was like adverts every three minutes, like little five minute ones every three minutes. And I was just like, it, it's unwatchable. It's genuine. It you is. can't enjoy any kind of content because it keeps putting them. And then it just goes, oh, but if you buy YouTube premium, you don't have any adverts. I'm like, so you're saying pay money to enjoy our service rather than, you know, you know like. Yeah. Do you remember that just, service you've enjoyed for 20 years? Set. Yeah. Now pay for it. Um, but, you know, imagine if you were just like going, hey, here's this product and you don't quite like it. But if you pay money, you might like it more. And you're like, but I don't like it currently, you know, it's like, why would I give you money? But Paul was uh, quite understandably uh, frustrated and, and upset this morning. But, you know, it does not take away from what we achieved. The people yeah. who were there enjoyed it. It will go down in, in 
folk tales and legends. The Klingons will <laughs> sing songs of quiplash, um, and the many, 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 how can many. Milk? How can milk the leaky weasel and various <laughs> various <laughs> glands and and various <laughs> glands in the human body, specifically the male body, that need milking? But um, yeah. It will go down in in history, in, in folklore, in legend, in myths. Um, it was. It does not take away from what we achieved because mm-hmm. holy shit, we were. We are two currently, two hundred and twenty-two percent over target, uh, which and that's you, the extended target. That's the extended target, and if you play golf, that's really bad. But if you raise money <laughs> for charity, it's really good. Uh, mm. If you guys would like to pay attention to the description below, I'm going to start doing this again. There is a cheeky little link to the Just Giving page. If anyone who was unable to donate uh, at the time of the stream wants to donate now, please, by all means, anything uh, will help. We will continue to have the Just Giving link uh, for as long as possible so we can... uh, we can uh, collect as much money as possible for cancer research because it is uh, a very worthy cause. As we said on the stream, we have all been affected by cancer and we would like to see it eradicated from the face of Earth, much like ITV2 in the UK. <laughs> but apart from um, the 24-hour charity stream, Sunrise, how the devil are you? Things really happened. Uh, I should have got some sleep on Sunday, but instead I had to go and play D&D. Uh, because... What? With well, the problem is, it's like with my schedule being so nuts over the last couple of months. It's mm. the fact of like the D and D group are like going, "Hey, we want to play again." I'm like, I have absolutely no free time to do this. Yeah. Or like, here's the one day that I'm free, and they're like, "Oh, we're working that day," and it's like, they're not then. And so yesterday was literally the only day that I was technically free, and they were all free, so we had to do it, even though I was like, I'm running on fumes, but I'll walk, I'll get to felling and walk up a hill. Wow. <laughs> a bit oh it's such a they live at the top of a massive hill but um yeah managed to do that and then get got back and i was just destroyed i literally just went on the went on the sofa i was watching like weird youtube analog horror videos and then fell asleep on the sofa <laughs> i woke myself up went to bed but then woke up this morning with listening files which yes. is hence why we've all got the limbs in. We 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 are we are rather ill here on the USS Adequate. We are we are currently quarantining um because we are all slowly turning into salamanders. Um the <laughs> Adequ- salamanders. Yeah, well someone thought it'd be a, a good crack to uh drop a cog and shift the adequate to warp ten and then suddenly our <laughs> tongue started to fall out and we were making sweet, sweet love to Kate Mulgrew lookalikes. It was it was a whole to do. Um, I only like her when she's got scales. Well, or murdering um, hybrid organisms. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all we're all rather ill uh, at the moment. So it's we've we swapped the teeny for lemsips, but uh, yeah. we did single-handedly keep McDonald's afloat uh, yesterday. Um, everyone, <laughs> yeah, we all got McDonald's breakfast. Everyone in in I, I got more than that. Everyone in uh, nerdy up north, we were just like, right, we've just done twenty-four hours to McDonald's, and just it, like. It was- Every delivery seeing, driver was dispatched. <laughs> it was, it was see, seeing Leon stream like a handsome golem, just getting the McDonald's and be like, my precious. I'm still convinced <laughs> that Lee died and was somehow resurrected uh, through uh, the Force. He's a clone. Yeah, he's, he's a Force ghost. You now. can't clone Lee. There's only one of Lee. <laughs> 
Um, Lee can never die, only the actors that play him. Um, yes, hello to everyone in the chat. Hey, Ensign Bailey. Sp hey, Captain's Quadrant. Hey, it's good old Joe. Well, speaking of good old good old Joe from Captain's Quadrant, um, if no mm. one's a subscriber, please click on the link uh, in the description below and subscribe to Captain's Quadrant. He will be appearing on this Friday's episode of Trekking Up North when we review episode 8 of Lower Decks. We have got Ensign Bailey. Uh, I'm on lockdown as the buses are on strike. Good. Stay at home. Oh, wow. The human race is awful. We have Damon as well. Damon's in the chat. Have earlier. we got the lovely Damon? Lovely, lovely, lovely day. I, I, I wish to caress his ankles with my long fingers. I love that. I love that Canadian, um, or, or as we say, nice France, um, as opposed to shit France. <laughs> uh, no, shit, shit Canada. Shit Canada, as we call France. Um, oh, look I'm at quite that. glad that that's now lost to time. <laughs> that's like going, hmm, this could probably come back and bite me, me saying that like, sort of, France is just a shit cabinet. Paul's Canada. just going, the French yeah. demographic, and I'm like, I'm sure all two of them <laughs> will be missed. The uh, <laughs> We've got Beth in there. Uh, we do love Lee. Uh, I think the Discord will be in chaos if Lee died. Again, Lee did die, um, but yeah, we did Discord. bring him... Yes, we have a Discord. It's in it's in the description below. Uh, we did bring uh, Lee back to life, though, so he can never die. He's contractually not. I get. I gave him the kiss of life, and then found out he was dead, which was. I thought you were just really? stealing his McMuffin, but. Uh, <laughs> give know. it back! Give it back, Lee. We do. <laughs> you don't need to throw up in my mouth twice. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Miglimo. Um, we do have the but Velvet they... Snatch in the chat as well. No, we don't. Tickle no. the Kraken. Tickle the Kraken. But the uh, this is the thing, though. I'm kind of. I was just saying beforehand that we. I think we were gonna get Joe for today, and then we were just like, no, let's not. Hey, I'm gonna be a bit harsh. Okay, this episode that we're gonna review, I think it's probably my least favorite of the season, like so far. And so I'm kind of glad that we're we don't have a special guest today because I think it would be a bit of a shame to get a special guest in and then be a bit sort of indifferent to the episode. Yeah, but I think out of, out of considering how good the season has been so far, this one here felt like they were just kind of, it's the <laughs> exception that proves the rule. It felt like they were throwing a lot of ideas at a board, and you were like, "This is a bit of a weird one." Like compared to the previous one, where like, I mean, this one had loads of loads of different stuff coming back, but at the same time, and it felt a bit of a, it felt squandered. Because in this episode, yeah. we get Badgie back, which is something that we've been looking forward to for a long time. We've got uh, the amazing Jeffrey Coombs as uh, Ag Agamus. Agamus. Yeah, Agamus, the evil uh, computer. And then we also get Peanut Hamper back, who is a very silly uh, an antagonist, I guess. Just a bitch, basically. And it's a bit of a shame because it's basically all three of those characters that we all want big things to happen with all kind of get squandered in one episode and it feels a bit like oh right okay that mm. during the yeah. uh during the charity stream we were discussing what makes a good villain and uh, i i postulated that a good villain is someone who thoroughly believes what they are doing is for a good cause they believe it and it, it drives them they are the most terrifying people uh, and they are the scariest villains however you've then got peanut hamper who is just yeah, is just a cow, uh, to, yeah. to put it northerly. Um, well, I, I quite yeah. like that Peanut Hamper is a villain, not by intention. Like, it's not like Agamus, where they literally want to take over the universe, they want to do anything like that. 
and anything you know they they don't have big plans they don't want to be god they don't want to be this they literally just want to do what they want to do and they'll throw anyone under the bus just to have an easier time well and i think there's something i think there's something fun about that because we haven't really had that kind of villain that's a kind of just chaos yeah like like chaos and apathy basically uh compared to careful planning and sort of intention like like peanut hamper is just like oh well you know in in the last episode where she like uh lands on the bird planet and whatnot. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, well, I was getting a bit bored of you, so I decided to betray you, so yeah, bye. And it's like this total... What's it? Is it narcissist? Is it... Sociopath. Yeah, sociopaths. We're, we're just going, wow, you genuinely have no concern for other people's feelings yeah. whatsoever. And I think that's quite fun. Like, I think the closest we've got to that... I don't know, even Kai Wynn wanted power. Gold to cap. Kai Wynn wanted... As, yeah. as George just said, Gold. I mean, Gold Akat for me is one poss- possibly one of the greatest Star Trek villains because, again, mm. his conv- he believes his convictions. He believes what he is doing is right. Um, and also, you mentioned gods there. Um, and just as you mentioned gods, the sixty-three point two five foot Viking god musician Adam joined <laughs> uh, the chat. Hello, darling. Um, mm. I'm looking forward to looking at you fingering your fretboard soon. Um, <laughs> Oh, daddy. He can finger my fretboard anytime. Oof. <laughs> it's a G chord, so no. It's, it's, fair, it's, not really, it's not really a fretboard. It's literally like the hole in the middle of a guitar, but still. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Gold, well, gold, I, I yeah. would disagree, though, that Peanut Hamper is like Golda Cat because Golda Cat wants everyone to love them. Golda Cat has an intention where they are so insecure that they need everyone to love them, to affirm them. Whereas Peanut Hamper doesn't give a shit what people think. She's like, oh yeah, I totally betrayed you. I've let you down. That's cool. Just forgive me and then we'll move on. And you're like, but but you don't seem to care that everyone hates you. <laughs> you know, it's it's that weird. They're just, I, I think they're a villain we haven't seen before, but they're annoying as fuck because that's the traits of that kind yeah, of person. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think <laughs> Peanut Hamper, I think not a lot of people like Peanut Hamper because she's just, I mean, the, the actress who portrays her is brilliant, but it's just, it's Californian annoying woman. Calif- <laughs> California Karen. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. It's a California Karen. Um, because it's like, oh my god, and yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so we shall dive straight in to our review of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 7, A Few Badgies More. And the show opens in the debris field that we have seen before. Yes, it does. Much like this show. <laughs> the show opens. <laughs> Much, much like this show, which is just a debris field of cold and flu tablets, tissues, and lemsip packets, um, we see a familiar headset, which was ripped off Rutherford in a previous mm. episode, that was teased at the end of season three. We see a ship warp in and start tractoring this headset, and who appears on the little headset? It's Badgie! <laughs> it is the Devani salvage ship that we do see, but go on. No, no, that's that's exactly it, and it's it's one of these weird things. It's like Badgie is one of these things where I saw merch for Badgie and people doing memes about Badgie before I'd seen the episode with them in, and I thought they were a bigger thing than they were. I thought they were a regular character before I started watching Lower Decks, and then when I started watching it, I was like, oh wow, they're just a flash in the pan, like you know, F- monster of the month kind of uh, monster of the week kind of thing. And so it's weird that Badgie hasn't been used more in the show. I think they appear in two episodes. Uh, 
if in one episode and then there's like a cameo where yeah. they ask it something in another episode and you're like okay that's like you know which is which is kind of annoying because again this goes back to what the hell paramount is doing because where for the love of god sorry the great koala yeah. is the moopsy merchandise line <laughs> yeah where is it they were only in one episode they deserve as much merch as we've got for badgie and in, stuff in fact where is our merchandise for season three of Picard? Where is our mm. merchandise for season two of Strange New Worlds? Where is... We will part with money for Moopsie plushies. I need a Moopsie in my car. I need a Moopsie <laughs> t-shirt. Sonoy's needs a cuddly bog salamander. I do. I do. I really do. You really I've do. I've got so much stuff I bought. Did I show you the... I've been on the Konami store buying loads of stuff. Here's my little Castlevania merman. He is single-handedly <laughs> funding a remake of Metal Gear Solid 1, which they will never, ever do because it'll get funded into another pachinko machine. The problem is that the remake of Metal Gear Solid 1 was the twin snakes that came out in GameCube. And so it was a bit weird another that they remade it like four years after the original. And you're like, that's a bit soon, isn't it? Another remake. But, um, but yeah, no, it, but th this episode, yeah, so we get the, we, what is it called? It's his Rutherford's implant, is it? It is, yeah, it's it's, it's cybernetic. Um, it, I, I've been saying headset. It's it's mm. part it's it's part of his cybernetic implant. It's, it's, visor, it's, I guess. Yes, it's it's it's, yes, it's more but, or less a visor. It's Google Glass in the twenty fourth century. Yeah. Let's be honest, um, that actually works and was marketed properly. Um, but they salvaged oh. this. Uh, ooh, I know I'm being saucy. I don't care. I'm full ooh. of lemsip. Um, but the Devani see this headset and they go, "Ooh, Federation tech!" And Badgie appears and he's he's going, "Hi, I'm Badgie." And immediately the first officer's like, this this could be like, this is quite suspicious. It might harm you. I don't harm anyone. I love everyone. Come closer and I'll tell you all of Federation's secrets. Little... And then it just latches onto the face. Oh, so nice. You were frozen. And you were frozen in a happy, gorgeous way. So nice. Are you there, so nice? Oh, dear, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tracks and trackers. I think Sonoyes is having some internet issues, but never fret, never ever fret. We will work around it. Oh no! He's got into the void. He's back. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Can you hear me? Yes. Oh. Sorry. Did I did I uh, freeze? Yes. YouTube was trying to take you down. I think. Yeah, it was just, oh, you've been slagging off YouTube Premium. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it latches onto the captain's face um, mm. and takes over the captain. Uh, after the intro, we see the Binars for the first that, time in 35 years. It's crazy thinking about this. This is, I and once again, I have praised Lower Decks for this, where this season is just going, hey, here's all the stuff we want more of. So we're getting to see more of the Exocoms, we're getting to see more of Binars, we're getting to see more of the Orions, uh, and it's just fun. It's it's fun getting to see a little bit more of this, even if it is just the little segment that we've got through every episode this season of a different race getting destroyed by... But the, the episode thing. that they are from is uh, Season 1, Episode 15 of The Next Generation, Episode... Mm. One one zero zero one zero zero one. Do you know what that is translated into uh, from binary oh, to English? 
Not with a what? How? What is it? One 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 zero zero one zero zero one. Uh, wouldn't that be nine? Uh, Sixteen thirty-two sixty-four. Oh, one working. two eight. Okay, so what would it be? It'd be. I can't do maths. <laughs> I can't do maths. Okay, so it'd be uh, 75, 75 plus 126, which is 101. Uh, oh, is I'm it? I'm about to find out. Hold on, that'd be... I'm getting nothing. I'm just getting the word. Oh, no, 199, I think. Oh. My maths is terrible. <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, but they are... Uh, we haven't seen them. What does it translate to? <laughs> Just the, the letter E for some reason on this translator. It's crazy. Uh, oh, it could be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, ooh, E for Enterprise. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. That could be a good one. But, uh, yes, yeah, so we... this That was the last time we saw the, uh, the Binars in Season 1 of The Next Generation, over 35 years ago. The next scene, like I said, is with the Binars. They're on their ship. Yeah. They're on their ship, um, and I love that they didn't use a universal translator for the scenes. They just used the uh, telepathic high-speed communication that the Binars use. I love mm. the fact that they kept the language exactly the same on all the computer displays as it was in season one of the Next Generation. This is why I yeah. love Lower Decks. It's that passion for the tiniest little details. And so help mm. me God, I will get. I know he's very apprehensive on coming on podcasts, but Phil Murphy, I have been asking for quite a while. I will get him on. Phil Murphy. Phil Murphy. He <laughs> is uh, an animator for Star Trek Lower Decks, and mm. I will have him on because he created his own little uh, AI bot in this episode. Did he? Which is the cutest little yeah. desktop PC I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and I've asked him. I said a, a a robot needs a name, and he's not responded. So I think he's probably just sat making one up. But yeah, so the binars detect an unknown vessel. The unknown vessel is again the crusty the clown vessel that we have seen <laughs> in every nearly every goddamn episode of Lower Decks this season so far. They start to panic because it's charging weapons. We see a flash of light, and they disappear. And all we see is wreckage. Yeah, the next <laughs> you can spoiled it now. <laughs> that's the end of it. It's yeah, fine. that's really odd. I, it, yeah, because because that, that binary. Sorry, I've just double checked it. it. It translates to one hundred ninety nine. Yeah, but I'm not sure how we would translate that to a text. One hundred ninety nine. One hundred ninety nine. You could probably put it into a different base set and maybe have it as like if it, if the alphabet was like base twenty four. There's twenty four letters in the alphabet, isn't there? 26 letters in the alphabet. Oh, 26. Okay, right, cool. Hold on. Oh, no, hang yeah. on. No, no. We can't be that drugged up. We don't know how many letters in the English language there are. I don't know. It's either seven or eight. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that could... I don't know. <laughs> 26. 26. 26. Okay. I have just had to sing any, any ABCs. in the... T- any Trek fans that know the significance of the title of that episode, let me know. Go Leave it in the comments below or put it in the live chat. Alpha. Yeah, I should have <laughs> gone to Memory Alpha. Why didn't I not go to Memory Alpha? Um, but yes, 26 letters in the English. I'm sorry, I'm 404 in now. Now I know my ABC. 
can I go to bed right now? Um, so yeah, back in the uh, back with the salvage ship, um, Badgie, uh, mm-hmm. who is now attached to the captain's fias, uh, detects the wreckage from the Bionar ship and goes, "Hoo hoo hoo!" is devising a plan where they can use this. I also love that the voice actor who plays Badgie is one of those people like Joe Pasquale, where they are totally unsuitable for any other role other than either maniacal villains or like horrible gay best mates <laughs> you know are you saying that joe pasquale is a psychopath i i'm just saying we haven't found the bodies yet but it doesn't mean they don't exist so yeah back just on the... imagine that being the last thing you hear I know, yeah. <laughs> the price is right. Um, okay, so... Um, <laughs> Time to die. <laughs> spin the wheel of how you will die. Right. Say hello to God for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. God's a construct. Um, okay, back on the Sarita. <laughs> wow, we got dark really quick. This is quick new lash, law. Quicklash ruined it. us. <laughs> Quiplash ruined it. Was a lot of fun. It put me off going to Portugal, aren't that's all I'm going to say. Um <laughs> back on the Cerritos, Rutherford is conducting a shuttle grappler test. This is test eighty five. Um and Boimler's holding the apple, as you do, and he's like, we really should be using a, uh, using a crate for this, and Rutherford being Rutherford, he's like, nonsense! Fires it, nearly impales Tendy onto the, the fucking deck plating. Um yeah. But Rutherford I just didn't... love how silly it is that they're they're working on grapplers, and you're like, but tractor beams exist. Grapplers are cool, like you know. But no, that's the whole thing. Gra- grapplers are cool. You could totally do it a different way with tractor beams, but they're doing it with grapplers instead. And I wonder if this is an Enterprise reference, because obviously before they had tractor beams in Enterprise, they actually have grapplers. And uh, oh, it, yeah, do you it, know what it's... it's a reference to? Those old what? scientists from Strange New Worlds. Is it? Yes, because uh, in the meeting of in the meeting in the uh, briefing room on the Enterprise, we're on about yeah. um, uh, grapplers as opposed to tractor mm. beams, uh, and Mariner and Boyman are going on about how they went to the Fleet Museum and they look at the NX and it's got like cool grapplers, and then yeah. uh, Lan's just like, "I love grapplers." Yeah, <laughs> that that's what it's for. But, no, the, yeah? but it is. But it's a reference to Enterprise. It that is. was the only ship that really had them. Yes. But then it's a running gag from then on of them just being obsessed with a ship that has grapplers to the point where they're trying to add it to a shuttlecraft. Even though, like, would it be useful? I don't know. Joe, but as is... we see, the tests are not useful at all. Joe, what? Joe's just said that uh, they're also visiting Portugal in March. Um, revisiting Amazing. or visiting. So, um, the <laughs> but so, yes, yeah, did you yeah. leave something there, Joe? In 2007, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, um, don't you forget about me. Oh, they did <laughs> when the book deal came through. Uh, the but Rutherford, uh, <laughs> if I vanish again, it's because, yeah, we are making very, very terrible jokes. Fuck ITV, too. But Rutherford, but Rutherford immediately shows uh, concern because he's he's nearly impaled Tendy onto the deck plating of, of the yeah. Cerritos. Um, and he starts to panic and he's showing how much he cares for Tendy. And I love this. Uh, and he's like, shuttles don't even need grapplers. And obviously, Boiler and Mariner are just like, grapplers are cool. Grapplers are cool. Um, yeah. But what I love is Tendy goes, and this is obviously so fucking transparent, but she goes... 
I love that you stick with something even if it doesn't work the way you wanted. Yeah. And I love that. Because um, yeah. it's, 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 it's a very transparent message to the fact that they love each other, but they know yeah. it wouldn't, it can't work at the moment. Yeah. But they are still sticking with each other. And I was like, oh, God, you are so fucking cute. <laughs> um, I, I do like it. I do like that they've got this kind of weird, they are in love with each other, but they are yeah. sort of platonic for the time being. <laughs> uh, Joe's got a house in Portugal, by the way. <clears throat> ah, so, um, what's the garden like? Anyway, well, I love that we're just accusing Joe of well tilled terrible things yeah very well tilled <laughs> um how's the pharmacy covered but uh yeah so back in the briefing room um <laughs> carry, on. carry on that's what they did um back in the briefing room freeman explains um because she she's brought all the lieutenant jgs into the briefing room uh, she explains that Starfleet has received a partial distress call from the Binars, the very mm. Binars we've just saw uh, being obliterated by a blinding white light. Um, mm. And Starfleet wants the Cerritos to go assist. And Mariner's like, yeah, Cerritos is finally getting the, the respect it deserves. And Ransom's just <laughs> like, yes, that and the fact we're the closest ship to Binar space. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get excited, but then Freeman sort of pops the balloon of enthusiasm on Boimler and Tendi because she's like, ah, but you two are going to the Daystrom Institution because Peanut Hamper is up for parole. Ugh. And uh, Agamus uh, wants to speak to the slender meat stick that is Boimler because apparently the, Agamus... The meat pipe. The, the meat, meat pipe. pipe. Yes, the meat yeah. pipe. <laughs> um, because apparently... I love, I love that he calls him, he calls him, uh, what is it? Uh, and what is it, lanky ensign meat pipe. Yeah. And he's like, ha, I'm a lieutenant junior grade meat pipe now. <laughs> yeah. Boimler being Boimler. He's just like, I don't care about that insult. I'm a lieutenant JG now. Um, but yeah, so Agamus... With the, this is a callback to the last episode that we had with Tina Tampa, where basically we see her getting arrested for being an absolute psychopath uh, and then gets thrown into like a robot prison effectively and we see yeah. that they're next to agamus and then they have an evil laugh off at the end of the episode and stuff and we go we go oh something big's gonna happen when these two come back in and yeah they and it's this episode so yeah so agamus has uh, apparently has information uh relating to the binars uh ship's destruction uh, and Starfleet's like, this is all too timey-wimey uh however <laughs> we've got nothing to go on so let's just send uh boimler to Earth with Tendi to find yeah. out. Um, they fly. So Tendi's going to check up on Peanut Hamper. Agamus, uh, uh, Boimler is going to uh, try and get information from Agamus about what happened to this yeah. binar ship. Even though he but knows. But they blatantly know it's a trap. Yeah. Uh, so they fly to Earth to the Daystrom Institution in Hawaii. Um, what a what a place to to have it. I mean. Someone knew. They were like, where should we build our institution? Should we build it in Boston, where is... MIT was, or Caltech? Let's go to Hawaii, because it's fucking beautiful and hot. Is that canon? Like, the, the Daystrom Institute yes. is in Hawaii? The, the very, the I very love how they're like, hey, the, the ones with loads of labs, with loads of sort of electrical equipment, loads of sort of robots and stuff, let's put that in a really beautiful, hot place. <laughs> To be fair, though, let's put it in a really beautiful hot place in the middle of the Pacific Ocean away from everything. 
It's a good point, actually. It is, yeah, actually. It is canon because we first, we, we first see the Daystrom Institution um, in, in live action uh, in the first episode of season one of Star Trek Picard. Because that's where oh, yeah, Picard yeah, meets Jurati, where they see the disassembled parts of B four, which were the same parts used in that Star Trek is Nemesis. Crazy. Yeah. So did, you, did we not see live action Daystrom Institute before? Because I no. know it's been mentioned like loads. No, we we never saw live action Daystrom before oh. that because uh, no one could afford to film it in Hawaii. <laughs> I know it's not filmed before anyone jumps in. I know it's CGI, yeah. but still, it's hilarious. Um, so yeah. I love the fact that the uh, the evil AIs are doing roundtable group sessions, and you've got Lord <laughs> Tyrannicillicus. Yeah, it's like not Tyrannicus, not not Killicus. They literally just went, "How can we make it the most evil name possible?" Tyrannicillicus, and he's like, "I have conquered self-awareness and seized personal growth." <laughs> <laughs> I have learned to subjugate my feelings. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> The idea that everything about him is evil. So even therapy, it's the fact that he's had to subjugate his feelings However, and conquer his, like... I, I mean, I don't know about you, but obviously with everything that we do for Nerdy Up North and other things, um, I have been considering a, a desktop PC, upgrading my rig, if you will. Yeah. Um, I really want to do an Agamus build. <laughs> Make it look. There must be someone must have made yeah. an Agamus desktop case. That must be, and like when you turn it on, it's just Jeffrey Coombs laughing. Yeah. yeah. No, when you turn it off, it's Jeffrey Coombs laughing. When you turn it on, it's like some weird quote. <laughs> would it be? Would it be? Uh, would it be red or blue? Oh, you could do. You could do red when you were doing like gaming and editing and stuff like yeah. that. So it's in like evil mode, and then blue when it's all calming and you're just you're browsing See, this YouTube. Is, this is what we're talking about about fucking merch. When the writers <laughs> strike, they're literally in the middle of a writers strike. So surely they should be like, okay, let's direct all of our efforts towards merchandising yeah, yeah. because that doesn't affect it. So let's make fuck tons of merchandise. But no, they won't be. They'll be sitting in a room having a wank being like, I hope the writers come back soon. Well, it's... Joe did earlier suggest that we create some uh, shit Canada t-shirts. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm seriously considering it. Um... France is just shit Canada. <laughs> But yeah, Damon, do you want a shit Canada T-shirt? <laughs> um, we have no fans in in France. That's fine. But, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, Ensign Bailey no, also said it's so good though. Yeah, a Sorry. PC that changes uh, from blue to red depending on how hot it gets as well. That would be. I I really want to do this. Yeah, I I think that'd be amazing if they brought out merch that was like custom like computer cases. I yeah, be so many opportunities, man. Yeah. But yeah, but um. I, I love I love this whole section because we had the round table where we have like evil computers being like sort of having therapy sessions. And then we have um and then we cut to Peanut Hamper and Agamus working together in the garden. And tilling a garden, got, yeah. Yeah, to tilling a garden and she's doing that. And uh, Agamus manages to what does he do? He he, he replicates drones. He replicates a drone yeah. that then, that then goes and waters 
are planned. But because he's evil, everything he does is evil. So basically, he just screams like sort of, taste wet sustenance <laughs> as it's watering the plants. And you're like, I love it. It's one of my favorite quotes of the episode. Um, but it's quickly revealed uh, that they're... Uh... They're, uh, how would you call it? The change conspiring. of conspiring, change of they're, character. They're conspiring to, uh, like Pina Tamper is basically trying to. She's got a parole hearing, so she's going to, uh, so she's got a parole hearing and she's gonna pretend like she's reformed so that they'll let her go. Yeah, and then Agamus is just going to plain escape, so he's gonna trick Boimler into actually taking him out of the institute so that he can then take over a ship and escape yeah. and then what they're going to do is they're going to meet up again on a beach afterwards uh, and then go and take over the galaxy by being evil yeah he's going to trick meat pipe as he says um, yeah and yeah. And, the, and i love it how basically peanut hamper her way of convincing the board that she's uh gone good is by having a big speech about how regretful she is and how guilty she feels for like what she's done and how she's totally changed and Agamus is like yes and then I can I, I can do this and then turns his red glowing light into blue and everyone's like oh oh you look so much happier it, now it, it shows just how evil he is because that is the <laughs> hardest thing he can do is change an LED yeah, it's it's literally the idea. His entire plan is to change from a red light to a blue light that shows that he's no longer evil. And I quite like this because on the stream we were talking about like lightsabers in Star Wars, where you're just like, why do all why do all the Sith just have red lightsabers? Oh, don't mention like, lightsabers. Why is that, that light surely up. you would just surely you would just not use a red lightsaber if you were Sith, because then people would be like, oh. You're a bad guy. It seems like a really dumb thing, but it's one of these like tropes of cinema. I always had I always had a theory about that before it was actually confirmed that the the Kyber crystal changes color based on its um, user, mm. um, and then obviously Kyber crystal threw that out. But I wouldn't know anything about Kyber crystals because mine doesn't work. The um, isn't it just that it has to be really specifically put in? I've tried it. It's the RFID in the crystal. It's absolutely foobard, so I'm going to have to get a replacement. Oh. Which is, I think what's happened is it's gone through way too many X-ray machines and the RFID has absolutely knackered. Oh, really? Um, Maybe write to them and see if you can get a replacement. I'm going to. I'm Maybe going write to, to the company. Yes, I'll just say, listen, um, I've got a video, but it's on the Nerdy Up North YouTube channel. What you have to do is like, comment, subscribe, and caress the bell before you can actually see it. That's how you get the views. Um, back in the nebula, uh, the Cerritos has arrived and is scanning the uh, the debris of the Binar vessel until it's surprised by the Devani salvage ship. And who is on that Devani salvage ship? It is obviously Devani with Badgie. <laughs> and he's like, Where Badgie has basically commandeered the entire ship now and is in charge of them. He's got he's made them all into like android like cyborgs effectively, where they've got like sort of electro they've all got google like, glass yeah they've all got and, google glass and tesla neuron chips yeah yeah that's that's what it is um and i love the fact that she's like hey father prepare to die <laughs> yeah. oh, and man. it is just and it, it's made all the better by the actor basically i've forgotten his name i wrote it down it was jack well oh, who plays badgy i think he's the guy he's been in loads of films but he's really funny 
I'm gonna have to get the voice. I'm gonna have to get the, yeah. the voice accent. Up. I thought you were gonna say Jack Quaid, but I know Jack Quaid's boy, uh, boiner. No, I no, love no. Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid. Quick it... side note: Jack Quaid is constantly protesting tirelessly for SAG after, which fucking huge props to him for doing. Yeah. That. Well, that's it. To say it's the same as uh, Jerry Ryan, where it's yeah. just like Jack McBrayer. Jack McBrayer, yeah, he is. You, he is, you might uh, not know so, him from the name, but he's been in a lot of stuff. And he, he was in Thirty Rock. Uh, Jack McBrayer. Yeah. He was. Uh, he he portrayed um, the the age ambivalent uh, NVC runner. Um, <laughs> for the, for those that don't know, uh, I forget his name as well. I'm just going to go on a name hunt now. Um, I yeah, loved him. But it's, it's it's very good. Like, and I think it's quite fun that we're able to get. <laughs> Actors like that in Trek, Kenneth, as these incredibly silly characters. There we go, yeah. Kenneth from uh, Freddy the Rock. Uh, yeah, so I love the fact that Ruth was just like, "Oh shit, it's Benji." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on the daystrom, um, they are doing some subliminal uh, group therapy by showing pictures of puppies. Well, no, no, it's not. It's not. They're watching like a robot version of Lassie. So it's this. It? It's a weird episode. Yeah, it's it's a weird episode of Lassie where it's obviously got a robot, Lassie and a robot having a picnic. <laughs> so it's I I don't know what it is, but there's no dialogue or anything. But it's literally like a little robot. They have a picnic blanket out, and like Lassie is barking at them, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" But this is one that one of the things I'll say about this is how much effort goes into a cartoon like this yeah where you never really in the hollywood especially where you don't realize how much work goes into designing everything because this scene has one shot of the room because it has the screen and it has one shot of the whole room and there's about sort of 10 different robots in there that one have of to which, be designed yeah, one of which phil murphy designed and is the cutest goddamn uh pc tower you will ever see is that the one with a smile no, it's oh, it's so tight. I can't even bring it up on screen. That's what's annoying. Um, it's it's oh, I can't. I, I will show you it later. But it's yeah. it's definitely there. And everyone's like, "This is the cutest PC," and I'm like, "That that's what who Phil Murphy designed that." Um, but it, but it's just the idea that it's the passion that behind the designers it, have to design all these robots, and they're used for one shot, and they're never seen again. But and this it's just scary back. how much. Yeah, but this that harkens happens. back to the designers of the 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 visual effects department, the makeup department, the art. Yeah. You know, this is Herman Zimmerman's uh, department back in '90s Trek and early 2000s Trek, where it was, it could be on. Oh, there's a hundred people on the promenade. What do they look like? Well, we'll design all of them. Yeah. and they'll walk on for a second, and you're like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the the Wolf Three Five Nine destroyed fleet uh, from Best of Both Worlds, and it's like yeah. we just need a couple of destroyed ships. Okay, we will design them. We will give them names. We will assign a class. We will build them meticulously construct them and then and only then will we destroy them after meticulous notes and information has been detailed in the encyclopedias by the Yakudas. you need people like that on star yeah. trek because that is the very definition of passion yeah the very no, definition totally of passion and this is what separates Love Star Wars, not going to shit on Star Wars, but this is what separates Star Wars and Star Trek. It is yeah. that extreme level of detail that Trekkies who work on Trek bring to the table. Mm. We got the I... Spock helmet from the 60s made canon by Lower Decks. 
It's of so all the things in the world to make canon the Spock helmet. I love it. I love it. I love it. But as as they are oh, watching... Jake, Jake's in the stream. How are you guys alive enough to stream already? Lemsy. If you watch for a bit longer, you'll realise we're not. <laughs> we're... Glory to Good you. On... Glory to you and your cold and flu medication. <laughs> Experience beesh. Um, yeah, so uh, as they are watching uh, Lassie Goes Home with a PC Tower, uh, both uh, Agamus and uh, Peanut Hamper are summoned. Peanut Hamper's got a parole hearing, which we never see. And then we have got uh, Agamus going to meet... Agamus just gets picked up. He does just get picked up. Let's not forget, he's just a PC Tower. Yeah, Agamus doesn't have arms or legs or anything. He's literally just a, a mini computer that just... Is evil as fuck. But he then can replicate can... stuff, but he can't replicate legs. Yeah, he can. He can do things like so. He can plug himself into sort of other computers, which is how he tends to be like take over stuff. But at the end of the day, he is just a box, which yeah. is a very evil box. Um, but I do love that when he gets picked up, uh, he's basically yelling at the guard, being like, sort of, what is he? Unhand me, you greasy swine, you sack of chemicals. <laughs> and it just. And then uh, gets Great. taken into the room with Boimler, and he's like, "Oh, oh yes, I forgot we were doing this." And then immediately changes his red light to blue, <laughs> as though it's the most, like, you know, it's the fact of how shit his plan is, but he thinks it's amazing. Sonoy sent me that message uh, as a voicemail <laughs> earlier on, and like in my drug addled state, I was just like, "What?" what? <laughs> and then I clicked. It's, what we're it's just a voice note, um, yelling that at you. Unhand me, you swine, you greasy swine. Yeah, yeah, so um, Boimler isn't convinced that uh, Agamus knows anything about this yeah. binar attack until he references the exact star date, uh, 5893.4.9. Again, Lower Decks keeping it canonical, keeping it bang on track with uh, Next Generation star date, so we know exactly when this happened, 2380. Um uh, so he uses that as proof, which makes Boimler sort of take notes, sit down and actually listen. Uh, and uh, I love the fact that Agamus is just like, come on, you can trust me. I've got a blue light. And Boimler's like, oh, the blue light is reassuring. <laughs> yeah, just, I just love how that's the whole plan. The whole plan is literally just change his colour and then suddenly he's not evil. Yeah, uh, but he convinces Weimler to uh, go find the drone, uh, one of Agamus's drones, which recorded the uh, attack on the Binar vessel um, mm. back in the nebula. Uh, Badgie, Badgie is booping the Cerritos on the nose, uh, as in blowing the ever lover shit out of the, uh, the vessel. He's just like, boop mm. on the nose, boop on the nose. <laughs> and uh, I love the fact that Shax is like, sir, they're bypassing our shields and the Cerritos cannot take any more boops. <laughs> it's just it's so dumb but, but obviously Badgie points out the fact of because Rutherhood programmed him with all of the Starfleet knowledge and data he knows exactly all of the shield frequencies and he can immediately attack the ship and stuff and there's nothing they can do about it which is quite frustrating yeah and Rutherford instant, instantly just wants to sacrifice himself uh, which is the yeah, he's like he wants me like yeah. just Give me, it's yeah, the mark give of, him me and uh, he'll leave you alone. It's the mark of any good Starfleet officer that just wants to give up their life for uh, the rest of the crew. Uh, the, crew. Uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, Yeah, uh, which is the... Uh, the Total opposite of peanut hamper. 
total opposite of uh, Friday night in Tesco's. Um, <laughs> next thing, though, uh, Rutherford has disappeared. Yeah. Rutherford well, has disappeared we, off the bridge. Well, it's one of these ones where basically they're like, no, no, we're not going to sacrifice anyone. There's got to be something we can do. Where's Rutherford? Where's Rutherford? In a spacesuit heading then... out the nearest airlock. Yeah, so immediately cuts to him putting on a space suit, jumping out an airlock into space. But as he's floating in the space, he gets grabbed. He gets grabbed on the foot, and it's Mariner who has come to join him, uh, and then basically going, "Hey, no, I'm I'm going to go with you." They get teleported onto Badgie's ship, uh, and Mariner's a bit disappointed because she's like, "So what's the plan?" I did <laughs> have a plan. Just like. <laughs> Oh, I was just going to get killed. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. what? That was the plan? I came along for this. Uh, and then she tries to fight a hologram, which I find hilarious as well. <laughs> yeah. Makes makes no sense. But that's it. But then Badgie points out, because they're like going, hey, how are you actually here when this isn't a holodeck? But then he points out that he's put hollow, hollow emitters all across the ship. Yeah. But surely what you could do is you could just destroy the hollow emitters and then Badgie wouldn't have any physical presence in that room. That is like, a it seems rather, a bit of a plot device. That is a rather sexy plot hole which you have just discovered. Well done. Well, you know, that, that that's the first thing you would do. You'd be like, oh, okay, well, if we just destroy the hollow emitters, then the crew will take control of themselves. I'm assuming maybe you can, like, possess them because they're... Or something. Yes, he's he's, it he's put in place. like a bit of a plot hole. Yeah, he's, he's, he's borgified them. Um, yeah. But Rutherford does throw a curveball to Badgie. Because he's like, I'm yes. not here to kill you or anything like that, and then just hugs Badgie, and <laughs> hugs immediately, Badgie. and immediately Badgie starts to well up, and he's like, oh. but before we see anything, we see the utility. Like, Daddy, Daddy, um, Happy. Before we uh, see what happens with that, though, we are moved back to the U-72, which has left mm. Earth with Tendi and Boimler and Agamus chained uh, to the centre of the shuttlecraft. Yeah, they've, um, they've, they've literally just tied this computer to its seat, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. Uh, they are setting course to the coordinates that uh, Agamus has given them, um, only to realise that uh, it's not going to go well because Agamus has replicated oh. some drones... Well, it's it's the fact of how evil Agamus is, but it's the fact of well, basically what happens is they've got Agamus tied up. They're all like, "Oh well, you know, there's nothing he can do," kind of thing. We'll just go to these coordinates and then see what we can do. Uh, but he manages to burn a hole in the back of his seat and then replicate some drones, send them out the back of the seat, and then use them to break his restraints. And uh, I don't know what he does. He like creates energy handcuffs on yeah like like uh, Boimler uh, and Tendi. yeah I, I don't know what it like is plasma but... cuffs or something like that and binds them yeah it's, Joe's it's just a weird said, one. Uh, and then Goodwill will buy uh, them all for his shelf at Eagle Moth well I mean you say that I did get the unreleased uh, Yosemite shuttle from Lower Decks hey. so uh, more to come uh, I need a bigger house so everybody <laughs> um, please feel free to donate to uh my GoFundMe to get a bigger house just so I can have more shit. Uh, so yeah, Agamus takes over the shuttle very easily uh, back on uh, the Devani ship. Badgie is shocked that he's been hugged by Rutherford. He can't. Yeah. He can't process it. Rutherford apologizes. You know, he he's sorry. You are my son. I should have seen that you are my son, not a collection of codes. Mm. Badgie is, is torn. 
He's divided. What's going on? Conflicted. He is conflicted. And then all of a sudden he splits into two. He's fighting his own catharsis. And then we <laughs> we see what is possibly going to be my nickname going forward. We see the reveal of Gucci. Gucci. Well, basically, because Badgie is so determined to be evil, he's split into two halves. And one of them is his good side and one of them is everything else. Gucci. So yeah, so he's basically... Uh, evacuated his good code into a new entity that becomes Gucci. I don't know. Don't say evacuate. Just separate. Evacuate. Okay. Okay, Not evacuate. He's split. split. I'll say evacuated. Evacuated. He's evacuated. He's evacuated. Who shouted? Have you shouted? He's separated. Gucci. Um, yeah, and I love the fact that Gucci's like, hey, good to meet you. We should run for our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Gucci is just mindlessly optimistic and cheerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they do. They run for their lives from evil badgie. On a remote more beach. Evil than ever. On a remote beach in Ecuador, Tendi is absolutely living her best life because she gets to play with sand. Because they don't have sand on Orion, they just have really <laughs> shit pebbles. And I'm like, girl, where I'm from, we too also have really shit pebbles, no sand. Mm. Um, because it all dissolved when, um, yeah, red car. Um, so she's building uh, sandcastles, bless her. Uh, and she states, you know, you know, I could easily get us out of these binds. And then it's revealed that Boimler is playing along. He's playing yeah. along because he, he, he's pretty sure he knows how this is all going to pan out. Uh, but he needs the intel for his captain. So he's like, let's just play along. And Tendi's just like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> just keep continues to build a sandcastle. Um, which is which is kind of like the joke in this episode where Agamus is so he's so evil that he thinks he's in charge of everything but ev but because everyone can rely on his evil they're kind of fully prepared for everything where yeah. like they're like yeah we could get out of this situation but let's just roll with it and let's keep letting him think he's in charge or whatever yeah. and uh yeah and agamus is basically just i want to say sitting but he's a box so he's literally just there on the beach uh and he's wondering where peanut hamper is because they were supposed to meet yeah this, uh, on this beach and she's not there yet so he he's thinking about that and and then he works out after a while that actually maybe she has betrayed him. Yes. So they've both escaped and she's betraying him by not turning up and that she's gone onto the planet that they were planning to subjugate and she's taking it over herself. Yeah. And then he laughs at how deliciously evil this is and orders them to take her back take him back to the ship. So to go to Primerius. Yes. Yes. Because have we ever heard of Primerius before? I don't believe we have, but I will no doubt be corrected. Uh guys, I am a fountain of Trek knowledge. There are yeah. nine hundred and five plus episodes of Star Trek, plus <laughs> books, plus movies, and plus we games. Are tired. And we are tired and heavily drugged. So if we haven't, we haven't. If we have, we have. Take it as you will. Um gatekeepers mm. can uh, GTFO. So um uh, so yeah, because this is the 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 cute little planet that they were going to just rule over and take over. Um, that yeah. was the dream for for the dream, was, the dream was to subjugate an entire world. Yes, which is it's cute. Um, and Tendi's just like, I'm going to take some sand with me. Um, yeah. which is kind of annoying because it's then never done again. It's never mentioned again. And I honestly thought that was a plot device that they were going to use in this episode. 
to take. Yeah, you're just going to take some time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pocket sand. Um, <laughs> back on the. Divan- I do like in the next scene though. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Back. No, go on. Next scene. We are no, in the back. The, the next scene. Ship, we're, yeah. we're back on the Cerritos. No, we're back on uh, uh, Devani ship. The Devani ship. Um, and obviously they're basically hiding. Mariner, uh, Mariner Rutherford, and Good Goodgy are hiding. And I do like the the Goodgy's just like going, "Hey." Wouldn't this be a great time for some root beer floats? And Mariner's like, yes, it would. God, yes. Let's concentrate. <laughs> yeah. I just love that he suggests something which is totally stupid. And she's like, that would be great. However, let's just continue not being killed. Speaking of something completely stupid, did you know Kim Kardashian's now got her own energy drink? Anyway, uh, wow. yeah. So he, Has she he... got talent yet? No, um... it's as basic as she is. So, yeah, he <laughs> recommends... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just sugar. It's there's not even liquid. It's just sugar. They're like that's as basic as we could make it. Yes, it tastes like a mistrial. Um, <laughs> that's an OJ Simpson reference for you, old oh. folks. There, thank you. Um, Did you see? Was, I saw a meme the other day that was her, him replying to someone uh, on Twitter and just being very edgy, as in like you know, <laughs> like I think it was like a cleaning product or something. Oh, don't piss resting. me off. Because I still drive a white Bronco. Yeah, okay. Udo, someone, someone mentioning like a cleaning product and just being like, hey, OJ, you should have used this on the crime scene. He's like, oh, I should have. You know, but it was genuinely just like going, fuck it out. And I'm like, I don't think it was photoshopped. I think it's real of him just literally going, yeah, I probably should have done that. Uh, but double jeopardy, that's how it works. <laughs> so, whew, wow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Badgie is trying to look for them uh, mm. and he comes over to the Tano and he's like seems though I can't find you I'm just going to have to kill everybody you love he takes <laughs> over the Cerritos' systems and starts to flood the ship with neurosine gas um, <laughs> yeah so everyone starts choking and dying effectively and as they are doing that Rutherford is summarising that uh, surmises that apologies haven't worked apologies have not worked with Badgie uh, but he's still a programme um and he's, you know, he surmises that as he is still a program, there might be something that we can do. So they storm the bridge, mm. kick the shit out of whatever Devania left, um, yeah. and uh, approaches the situation with Badgie with logic. Mm. So he's like, you've got me. What would killing the crew, the Cerritos, achieve? Yeah. To which Badgie goes, well, ha, ha, uh, oh. Nothing. Oh, <laughs> jelly beans. I best uh, can, can cancel the thing for the neurosine gas. And I love the fact yeah, that yeah. jelly beans. Uh, which so is immediately so, yeah. backtracks. Yeah. And the crew, the crew sort of survive. He turns the gas off. But then separates uh, himself once more to yeah, reveal. Yeah, but then realizes he's been he's been defeated. So he get he, so he takes the next step, which is basically evacuating all of the logic. Oh God! From Why are you his body? Evacuate? And it becomes logicy. <laughs> Logicy. It does sound like Logic. some sort of like ROM key for a pirated game, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> Logicy. Yeah. Get the key for Sims it, from Logicy.com. So, it does. It does. But it's the fact of his strategy for everything is basically as soon as he gets defeated by a part of himself, he just gets rid of that part of himself. And yeah, it doesn't work very well. But it basically creates like a new Vulcan esque badgie I... called Logicy. I... He was very sort of stoic, very um, like a Vulcan, basically. 
So then at this point, Badgie's had enough uh, and finally reveals his ultimate plan. Now that he's got rid of the good part of him and he's got rid of the logical part of him, he's just going to... Something crazy. He's just going to straight up kill everyone in the Federation. Yeah, he's going to kill everyone in the universe, Yeah, basically. He explains that he is... Well, he doesn't explain, but he basically says he is reconfiguring uh, reconfiguring the subspace... Real, uh, the, the, oh, God. He is reconfiguring reconfiguring the subspace (laughs) relays in the Federation network to upload his own code. By doing that, he can control every base, planet and starship within the Federation, vent atmosphere, trigger warp core explosions and just basically cause havoc, killing everyone in the Federation. Which is not good. Now... I let out a sigh at this point of the episode yeah. because I went, not another AI taking over everything and killing everyone's story in the last six years. Yeah. We have had Star Trek Discovery Season 2 control. We have had Season 1 of Star Trek Picard with the AI trying to get into our dimension. We mm. have had Season 3 of Star Trek Picard, where no one learned from Battlestar Galactica. We have had (laughs) Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, where another AI took over the Federation and started to destroy the fleet. Guys. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, Evil AIs has been a Star Trek staple since the original series. I know you love the Terminator. And I know you love that original series episode with the M5 computer. (laughs) But for the love of all that is holy, let it die. Let (laughs) Let this plot device die. Even for the next 10, 15 years, we don't need another AI taking over shit to kill people. We don't need it. It's done. You've milked it. All right. Much like our, much like our episode of Quiplash on the twenty-four hour stream, we milked milking and pegging. No more. If you if you didn't see the stream, we got uh, Goodwill's parents to Google pegging. That is singularly my greatest achievement. I feel. I screamed. The only time I have ever screamed. <laughs> You're like, don't don't Google it, mom, and we're like, yes, you should. I was like, no. Oh, oh. Um, the rest of it just being little agents of chaos in the corner. But no more. <laughs> No more. No more AI taking over shit. No more AI trying to kill people. Not right now. Okay, so that was my first... That was my first sigh. Okay, that was my first one. So... Uh, And then then basically from that, we then change to... We go to another planet, don't we? Well, no, because Mariner, Mariner... Mariner speaks to Rutherford because Rutherford is panicking because he believes that his creation is going to kill everyone he loves. Okay. Um, but then Mariner reminds them um, that science, like what Tendi said, science is messy, but you should stick with it. Yeah. We sort of motivate him. And he's like, oh my God, Tendi's right. And he's like, well, technically I just said it, so I'm right, but okay. <laughs> um, so Logic he then has a plan. Oh, I think that's magic. the next bit. I think yeah. I think we've, we've skirted over Plymeria. No, no, we'll go back to Plymeria now okay. uh, because... They visited Plymeria, they've hopped on their little shuttle, and the planet was just conquered like that. 
Um, this is where it is. It is quite funny. The last time we saw Agamus, they're literally on a beach, and he goes, "Oh, she's probably gonna. She must have gone ahead of me to conquer the planet by herself. So I'll just go there and sort, you know, and do it." And then literally the next scene it cuts to is Agamus has already conquered an entire planet. Yeah, because Tendi's just like that was done quickly. Yeah, he's just like, that's the quickest thing. You know, you've done that in a matter of hours. And literally, the entire planet has banners of Agamus. Yeah. And basically, people chained up walking in the streets with, like, drones following them. And it's literally, he has is, he is conquered an entire world in a couple of hours because he's so evil. And Barry was but just then... like, yeah, yeah, the Federation could definitely not reverse this in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, this totally won't be, like, undone by the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Off screen. But I, I just find it funny that it literally cuts to his throne room and it's Agamus like as a box on a throne, surrounded by them. But he's frustrated. And just being like, oh, this is boring. Yeah, he's bored. He's he's like, oh, it, it's not, it's no fun when there's not someone to share it with. Yeah. But you know how we were talking earlier about how good the designers are and how they were designing all the robots? They designed an entire race for this. They designed an entire planet called like Plymeria. And all of the inhabitants of it who are like these weird lizard people. Yeah. And they're shown in about two shots. Two shots have them in and then we never see them again. And it's just like, what is this? But they are forever within Star Trek law now. And that's yeah, what that's I love it. about it. Yeah. This is what I love about it. Um subjugated by an evil AI. But yeah, he's he's frustrated. He he wants to know where Peanut Hamper is. Um he believes that she's either been captured or got lost or anything like that. And Tenny's just like Oh, yeah, I can just find out where she is due to the parole thing. Oh, she's on uh, Tyra 7, uh, which is a research station in the middle of nowhere. And Agamus just deduces that she's been taken there against her will. Mm. And Boimler... You've been kidnapped. Yeah, and Boimler's just like, yeah, that's cool. Anyway, about that information about the binars, he's just like, take me to her. And Boimler's just like... Yeah, he's just like, ah, that doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so Boimler picks up the PC case and they head back to the shuttle... Uh, leaving <laughs> so this conquered the planet, and they just go, "Oh yeah. well, we'll just leave." That's fine. Leaving this conquered <laughs> planet to go find uh, Peanut Hamper um, <laughs> on the Divine ship. Though this is this is my other side point of this part here. Logicy has melded with uh, Badgie and is trying he's to. Tried stop. to. He's, he's jumped into Badgie he's, and he's trying yeah. to meld back with him. Now again, this was my second and only sigh of the episode um, because I just went. This is season three, Data and Law. Yeah. They are fighting each other. They are both uh, essentially AIs fighting each other, and one has to die. Yeah. This was my only sigh. Logic, he loses, gets snapped in half by Badgie, (laughs) and disappears. Uh, And then the plan is that uh, he's propelling the ship to warp 9.9, and then he's going to mm. transmit himself throughout subspace. He does this, and he'll he like to become a digital god. To become a and digital a god. Thing. Yeah. And then before that actually happens, though, we go to Tyrus Seven, yeah. where we basically we've gone to the research station, and we see loads of exocomps. And exocomps, if you don't know, were something that we had in the next generation. They are what Peanut Tamper is. They, they are, are huge like in little... Star Trek Online as well. Are they? Yeah, they, ah, you can okay. you can actually get um, 
uh, ex-comp uh, duty officers and uh, bridge crew really? and people uh, and, and ex-comps who will help you fight in battle on uh, surfaces and everything like that. Oh yeah, they're, that's they're, crazy. they're fully fleshed out the old uh, ex-comps. Ah, they are, they are within Starfleet and have their own uniforms but as well, which is cute. Effectively what they are is they're just little egg robot things, like little sort of robot eggs, but with a set of legs and they can replicate different tools. But... There's an episode of TNG where they are created and they are found out to actually have achieved sentience, yes. where they actually can think for themselves and they can like avoid danger. Uh, and then it becomes this whole question of going, oh, well, they're meant as like robot servants, but they're sentient now. So now they have to have rights. It's and a good it morality like a episode. Decision. Yes. yes. I like but then obviously around. Lower Decks and Star Trek Online have gone, hey, we'll just bring them back and have them as a thing. Uh, but basically, we see a whole uh, space station being manned by Exocomps, where they're all tidying everything and they're cleaning the windows and whatnot. And Agamus obviously goes, oh, this must be some kind of penal colony because yeah. everyone's subjugated and everyone's doing mean uh, servile tasks and stuff. And then they go inside and they find Peanut Hamper, who is with her dad, who is another Exocomp. I don't know how it They works. replicate themselves. You saw this in TNG. They, they no, but we didn't see it. Where, we didn't actually meet Peanut Hamper's dad. Oh, before. no, no, but th- that's, just that's how they that reproduce. He replicated her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and basically, uh, you know, as soon as she hears Agama, she's like, oh, shit. You know, oh, yeah. I wasn't expecting him to turn up. But I think the best thing about this scene, though, is that um, while Peanut Hamper can talk, and have actual words her dad only speaks in next generation sound effects i love that like next generation computer sound effects and it was just this lovely little hearing them again after all these years wait you don't speak l cars wow um damon has popped back into the chat hi damon from nice france um what a lovely pink pink hand you have from nice france not shit canada the uh so yeah we get to we get the reunion of agamus and peanut hamper mm. where peanut hamper and everyone assumed watching this that peanut hamper had some diabolical psychopathic plan because she's just a mm. uh, sociopath but she reveals that as she was planning this this takeover of um the little planet which took an hour to take over she <laughs> genuinely felt remorse yeah, when she was writing the speech to convince the parole board that she was good, she actually kind of realised that actually she believed it, and she was. Yeah. So. And that she was just being evil to keep being friends with uh, Agamus, effectively. But then, yeah, and then Agamus realises that he subjugated people before, but it he he wanted to do it so he could still be with Peanut Hamper. Um, yes, they could spend time together. Spend so time. He only wanted to take over the universe so that they could spend time together doing it. Uh, so, Peanut Hamper just basically, yeah, she she's she's no longer evil apparently, um, mm. and but she insists that Agamus does not need to subjugate people; they can still be friends, and introduces mm. her uh, introduces him to her father. Uh, Mr. Elkars, as we'll call him. It's a surreal scene. Daddy Peanut. Uh, Daddy, Daddy Nut. Peanut. Daddy Nut. Oh, no, um, no, don't. Not Daddy Nut. No. No. You'll get me thinking of Lee again. 
Oh, rest in peace, Lee. Uh, so yeah, and there's there's a lovely to and from uh, between uh, the father of Peanut and Agamus, and Agamus is like, no, 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 we're we're not like that. We're just friends. We're just friends. We are, we are, <laughs> we are not docking. Um, we are just you know we are we really good friends. And I love the fact that Tendi and, and Bormula are just like, should we drag them back to Starfleet? And he's like, yeah, in a minute. Just like yeah, it's like because because obviously they're just like yeah, they need to take Agamus back to where. <laughs> Back to jail, effectively. Yeah. Uh, Back on the Devani ship, they are heading to warp 9.9. Rutherford believes that there is still some good within Badgie. However, at the point he says that, Badgie transfers himself into subspace and is blasted from the Devani salvage ship across the subspace relay. And we do get some rather sexy cameos from the Cerritos, the Vancouver, uh, which is in nice uh, France, uh, the Vulcan ship that Tallinn was on. We get Deep Space Nine and we get Starbase One. And I'm like, oh, I know these places because I watched Star Trek. And yay. <laughs> and Badgie's becoming more powerful than he imagined. And he just raises from the Milky Way galaxy for some strange <laughs> yeah, fucking this attack huge, on Titan huge reason. Godlike entity. It's almost like 2001. This huge entity being born into space of a giant badge. Yeah. <laughs> giant gun badge. And then he's yeah, more powerful more- than he ever imagined. But, but then basically we have it where he fully ascends. He basically becomes that and then he reappears in front of them on the ship and he's changed to a blue colour to represent that he's ethereal or sort of mm-hmm. uh, an enlightened being now. And yeah, and he's totally ready to destroy all of humanity, destroy all of the Federation. But he decides not to because he realises that now that he's actually one with everything, he's part of everything, he can understand everything, he knows the past, the present and the future, that he realises how futile destroying everything is, how pointless creation, how pointless existence is, and, yeah, how futile uh, his actual plan was. And, yeah. So then he goes, okay, I'm going to go to an empty dimension and create a new universe. Yeah, so he decides to just go, oh, well, I'm going to go to another empty universe and go and create my uh, own thing. Oh, hang is, out with the queue. quite good. Yeah, he's going to hang out with the queue. I don't get it, though. He says, hang out with the queue and visit the Black Mountain. The Black what Mountain. What is the Black Mountain? When you die in Star Trek, you go to yeah. the Black Mountain and you must fight on the Black Mountain. What is this from? I don't know this. Did It's from Lord X. Is it? Yes, this is oh, how... Oh, this is the random scenes we keep getting. This is how it? Shax came back. Yeah. Because Shax died in season one. Came back. No one questioned it except Rutherford. <laughs> and then yeah. Shax explained to Rutherford about the Black Mountain and you just saw Rutherford's eyes turn into pinpoints in horror. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Black Mountain is where you go to fight whatever it is to see if you die... Or you come yeah. back to life, um, and as the uh, now ethereal Badgie is ascending onto a new plane of existence, well, it's quite good because he kind of turns into a biblical angel, and it's a bit. Does. It reminds me of Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion, where it's basically he gets this wonderful like shape around him that's like the the silhouette of a biblical angel. So it's got like three eyes, big wings, and it's quite it's him basically becoming like a a god figure effectively but then we but, see the great koala <laughs> yep 
Praise be to the great koala. On the other side of the portal is the great koala. The great koala. Who is, is the just divine the most entity? surreal thing that we've Lower Decks has brought into the law. It's the great <laughs> koala. We will see the great koala again, I am sure. Um, so, yes, he ascends into a new plane yeah. of existence, and immediately the Devani claim Guji as salvage, and they're just like, fuck off. Um, back, at, <laughs> yeah. back, back at days from though, uh, Agamus in. He's, he's locked into his cell right next to all the other PC towers from PC World. He claims mm. that he is now driven to rehabilitate himself because then he is going to move He's turned in. blue. He's, he's turned, turned blue. Permanently blue. Dabba dee, dabba da. Uh, <laughs> because he wants to rehabilitate, rehabilitate himself so he can move in with his bestie. Oh. Which is lovely. But Tyrannicillicus is is there to just take the piss out of him which i loved yeah um, well that's it he's now next to tyrannicillicus and who who also wants to know how you can become good so it kind of suggests that like you know how you have like serial killers where they find god in prison it's almost like that where sort of like where agamus has become like uh, a preacher basically where he's like oh i've seen the light and whatnot I no, mean, it's no. quite fun, and obviously, yeah. So we get a bit of a sunset on, uh, on Agamus there. However, and then, yeah. However, we finally, after seven episodes, get some movement. Yeah. On this mysterious ship, because Agamus reveals to Boimler finally that these ships are not being destroyed; they are being stolen. But it's being made to look like they were destroyed. Yes. So they're actually being pinched. They're actually being pinched uh, by something and then leaving loads of debris behind to make it look like they were destroyed. If this is a goddamn so, Pakled thing again, I will flip my tail. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if it was Pakled's again? God, no. Please, no more. <laughs> I, I'm convinced. See, the problem is I thought it was something to do with Badgie and it's just not. And I was like, no. oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it would be some kind of big plan, but it's just not. Uh, so we still don't know what it is. Maybe the Breen? Keiko I know we've Brian. seen the Breen already. It, it is, obviously, it could could be... All the strings all the strings in the Alpha and Beta quadrants are all being pulled by Keiko O'Brien. This is canon. <laughs> this is fact. Rosalind Chow has probably confirmed it herself. Um, <laughs> one, day, one day. One day we will get her to confirm it. I shall next time I'm in LA. I shall find out where she lives and uh, just go, Miss Chow. Miss <laughs> Chow. Miss Chow. Uh, could you could you please confirm that you are the most evil entity in Star Trek? And she'll be like, How did you get into my living room? And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, that must be that must be a real thing that happens to celebrities over there. That's that's horrible. It's horrible. I bet it is. Uh, yeah. The final scene though is Grappler Test eighty six on the Cerritos. Where mm. Boiler has got the apple on a crate and he's like, see, I knew we should have done this. And he fires it and he gets fucking impaled. Yeah, basically what happens is he he fires it, it misses the target, bounces off the crate it's on, and then still <laughs> goes and grabs Boimler and pins him up against the wall. So it could have been genuine murder <laughs> again, you know. But then, but then he's like, yeah. oh no, he, yeah, he, I'll, I'll let you No, know no, time. please continue. I need to cough. <laughs> Oh, but no, uh, and then he points out that, oh, well, that test went a little bit better than the last one because now I've installed AI into the grapplers. And then Goodgy appears. And it turns out that actually the grapplers are now being controlled by Goodgy. 
which makes everyone in the room incredibly uncomfortable because, yeah, it's still part of an insane AI. Because there's an electric shock and you just see him freak out for a little tiny bit. His eyes just separate. Yeah, it's one of these things where Gucci's like, no, no, I'm totally good. And then he freaks out and starts doing creepy stuff and they're just like, eh, you know, I don't think I'm going to go. And then just leaving Boimler pinned to the fucking wall by a grappler. Yeah. So Vod makes their excuses, they leave the room, and Boimler wants to, but he's still pinned to a wall and can't. I'm going to say, and I think we we, we discussed this uh, before we went on air, this was the weakest episode of season four. However, if this is the... If this is the low point, this is a good series mm. overall. Uh, season overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got to say, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. If it's felt like we're not as passionate about this episode as we are about <laughs> other ones. But Excuse a, me. we're both ill. Excuse B, we're both me. incredibly tired. C, full of. He's evacuating his nose right now. As as Monica said, and, on and friends, D, I'm in the prime of line. <laughs> It's, but it was, it is, it's a, I I felt the big problem with this episode, the reason why I didn't enjoy this episode so much is because it squandered a lot of good (sighs) plot lines. And it's the- I'm so sorry, I'm sneezing. Oh, it's fine, it's fine. Please continue. But but it's it's the idea, don't worry about me, don't worry, I don't. My Um, damn body! (laughs) Can I have one of those, can I have one of those rather sexy Picard golems, please? (laughs) Anyway, go on, continue. But yeah, but it's it's the uh, what I found is I found that it squandered plot lines that we were looking forward to. From the moment we had the episode where we had, uh, you know, Agamus meeting uh, Peanut Hamper, and we saw Badgie, and we knew that they were going to come back, and it was like hinted that they were going to come back. I never thought that they would get three very similar characters because they're all AI. They're all basically three AI characters. And then we we give them all the same plot in yep. one episode and it just doesn't feel right. None of this episode feels right. Like it has... There's the, so the much wasted like, potential, it, I think. Wait, it, it has loads of stuff that annoys me. Like the thing I don't like about Star Wars is basically Star Wars just makes lore up. Like it's not Doctor Who bad, but it's basically just goes, Ooh, oh yeah, now there's a thing where basically, oh, if we do this, that'll solve this problem. And you're like... What, where's that come from? Why have you never done that before? So why the hell does travelling to warp 9.9 allow him to spread himself across all of subspace? And you know that it's just made up stuff to make the plot happen. Uh, but then it's the idea of Trek usually goes, oh no, there is a reason behind that, or there is a setup, or there's something in the law that I think that I can that. solve that for you. But it's still not as clean cut as we No, it's, it's not as clean cut, but... I do believe, and anyone in the comments or anyone in the live chat can correct this, subspace uh, transmissions travel at almost the absolute, I think almost at warp 10, Mm. which is theoretically the maximum velocity that you can travel. Um, yeah. where you suddenly but I, I don't think it travels at warp 10 the salamander yeah. speed but I think it travels at like 9.9999998 yeah, yeah. or something like that so it will be and most likely it's probably something from Voyager where they've said subspace transmissions travel at this speed I mean yes there is still a delay but it's warp 9.9999 yeah. or whatever um, but yeah there's a lot of wasted it, it, potential it, it, 
in this episode. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's the fact that that annoys me because it's like, and also, why can the, what are they called, the Drukhani? Devani. The, the Vani. Something like how that. Can the, how can their random ship do not warp 9.9? Yeah. Also, the fact of, like, how can this random, like, salvage ship just do that? And it's a bit like, yes, Badgie can probably manipulate stuff, but I'm sure he can't make his warp, their warp drive. All of it just, it, it feels as disappointing as the bit on Buffy where it just has a random plot device where when, when it's Evil Willow at the end of that series and she gets defeated... And then she goes, oh, I've got to destroy the entire world. Hey, let's just make a plot device that allows me to destroy the world, which is the silliest thing in the entire world. Yeah. She just goes, oh, there's an old satanic temple that's buried under the ground. And if you put enough energy into it, it'll destroy the world. And you're like, this has never been foreshadowed. This has never been mentioned before. This is literally a really stupid plot device that you just put in. And I, I expect better from Trek than this especially Lower Decks with how good and how clever and how on the mark Lower Decks has been. It was just very obvious in this episode that they were like, let's just have a plot and do some things. And it was disappointing. Like, And the idea of going, the whole point of Peanut Hamper being that she's constantly betraying people, it actually feels shit that she wasn't. It actually feels shit that she's been released from prison She's gone off and she's gone, oh, actually, I believed what I said and I've totally turned a new leaf. And and then she doesn't. She has. She literally, I was fully expecting her to then betray Agamus and betray everyone and be like, that's what I do. But now we're like, oh, oh, she's actually turned good. But without us seeing any of it and it being totally off camera. It's... That's a bit shit. You know, it, it, all of it is disappointing. Every single thing about this episode is like lost potential it feels like a lower decks filler episode yeah and considering we haven't had any of them this season yeah it it it's but again it i mean guys we are not saying it's bad we are just mm. saying it could be it could have been much better than what it was We've been um, spoiled this season, basically. And we had... I mean, yes, everyone hates Peanut Hamper, but we we had three huge characters, all played by Jeffrey Combs. Uh, <laughs> and Yeah, we had three characters in this not doing enough. There was not enough time. There was 24 minutes to fit three huge characters into one episode in an A-B plot and resolve it, and it just it did not work. Did mm. not work. So... You could have made the whole episode Agamus. The whole episode yeah. could have been Agamus escaping again and everyone doing it. In this episode, Shax doesn't get to do anything. Uh, Captain Freeman doesn't really get to do anything. It's one of these things where it's a it's an episode with a very limited cast, but then no one really gets to shine in it, aside from, obviously, Jeffrey Combs as... <laughs> as as Agamus, Agamus. Yeah. but it just kind of annoys me. I would have much preferred to have two episodes and had one being the Agamus uh, and Peanut Hamper thing, but with an ending that's literally, you know, it would have been far better if it had Peanut Hamper and Ag Humper, a Peanut Hamper Humper. and Agamus, and then they just keep betraying each other, and then it turns around where actually they start betraying each other again, and then they totally betray each other, and everyone else is just collateral damage in this crazy galactic sort of war that they start or whatever and then at the end they find out actually they're in love with each other 
and then they decide, oh, we'll just go and take over something else. And that's where it leaves it. So they're going, hey, they're still in the galaxy. They're still this this threat, but they're kind of off camera now. That would have been far more satisfying than just... Because what was the... Were, were they the B-plot? Which was the A-plot? Which was the B-plot in this episode? I'm assuming Badgie Agamus, was meant to be the A-plot, but it doesn't feel like it. Agamus and Peanut Hamper were the B-plot. The, yeah. the overarching uh, plot was uh, the Binars and the Mysterious Ship. Um, which was sort of then fed by the B plot towards the end. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it was frustrating. Um, however, we haven't got long to wait for the next episode for us. Yeah. Um, which is a nice little segue. So, yeah, we did this live on Monday as opposed to our regular slot on Friday because the wonderful Sammy and Dan from Monsters Up North celebrated Jason Voorhees' birthday on Friday the 13th of October. Is it his birthday? It Is was, it? yes. It was, yes. Ah. So if you haven't seen that already, please go on, go on to the Nerdy Up North uh, channel and look for Monsters mm. Up North and please give them uh, give them a good old watch. But guys, that was our... I love how ill we are. I know. <laughs> I love that you're just sniffling and sneezing. I need to wrap I'm this up. And yeah. Forgive I, us, everyone. I we, am so sorry. We will be... We will be more highly drugged on Friday than we are now. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back to full strength on Friday, um, and hopefully it'll be after a, a great Lower Decks episode. Before we sign off, uh, obviously, thank you to everyone who has tuned in live. Thank you to everyone who is watching this back. Um, we love each and every one of you. If you did like Not this, you, though. Especially Person not you. Thing, not I you. see you. I see you <laughs> on, that, on that exercise on. bike. I see you. Yeah. Um, if you did like this video, please Put give that a like. croissant down. Yeah. Especially when you're on the bike. Ugh. Um, <laughs> if you did like this video, please give it a like. Give it a little thumbs up. Uh, please subscribe to Nerdy Up North. We've got all the descriptions of where you can find Nerdy Up North uh, down there. As I said at the top of the video, if you can donate anything to Cancer Research, please, please, yeah. please donate. If you we want to punch cancer in its filthy ball sack, Please donate whatever you can to our current campaign on Just Giving. The link is in the, the description below. Or if you're on Spotify, fucking search for it. Yeah. You know, find it. It's I, on Just Giving. Up I <laughs> want to thank Joseph Hurley, Mike Overton, Mark mm. Cartier, Isaac from Unplanned Trek. He doesn't him. have a surname. He doesn't have a surname. Mark has, has he was, ordered. He was born from an egg in Tasmania. Mark has ordered uh, Isaac not to have a surname. Um, I would like to thank them all for, for being our very special guests during the charity stream. Rest assured they will all be coming back. Um, mm. uh, Shaw and Mike were absolutely fabulous and threw us a fair few curveballs as well with their own questions. Yeah, which was really, really good. Um, I have they're really fun because I know you've spoken to them before, but like that was my first interaction with them. I really enjoyed it listening to their show, and let's and not I, forget, I think though, it's really good. But let's not forget the wonderful, the ravishing General Kirky. Yes, we had General well. Kirky as she well, was which is like fabulous during the uh, oh. first part of Trekking Up North. But thank you to all there, guys. If you liked, uh Joseph and Mike, they run the Clone Star podcast, whose link is in the description below. Please give them a subscribe. There's everything down there. Oh, yes. Well, there is also everything. there is also our friends at the Shuttle Pod Show, which Mark Cartier mm -hmm. does. Our friends at yeah. Unplanned Trek. They've got Spotify. They don't do the YouTubes. 
They don't do they the don't YouTube. They don't do the YouTube. No. Those jam eaters in Tasmania, they don't do that. <laughs> we've also got Captain's Quadrant, so we've got Joe's podcast uh, down there, who will be with us on Friday to review episode eight of Lower Decks. Uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, more either drunk or drugged uh, than we are today. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this has been our review of episode seven uh, of season four of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So, Noise, have you got anything to plug at all? No, I have time off. I'm literally, I'm relaxing this week. I've got a couple of videos and stuff to edit, and then I'm just going to be painting Warhammer and relaxing because I've had a hell of a last, I keep wanting to say month, and then I'm like, no, no, it's two months. No, actually, it's been about three months. So, yeah, like, I'm really busy last three months. So, yeah, um, yeah, I have nothing nothing that I uh, need to mention before Friday's episode, which is very good for me. <laughs> I will be on Twitch tomorrow night, Tuesday, the 17th of October. Um, I say will, maybe. I say maybe, possibly. <laughs> I say possibly. It depends if they turn off the life support machine. However... We, we will understand if you're not on. However, basically. we Don't... will... Don't pressure yourself. But we will get the lovely Sammy to draw a pentagram and resurrect me uh, for Twitch tomorrow. What am I playing? We don't know. It <laughs> might be something I've played before. It might be something new. You're just going to have to tune in and see. The link is in the description below. But if there is no further business, Science Officer's Noise, I think it's time we head back to the adequate and go to bed because we <laughs> are extremely ill and extremely tired so until Friday, i'm gonna replicate myself a new colon i'm gonna replicate myself more <laughs> tissues so until next time take care of yourself stay safe live long and prosper and we'll see you next time miles 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 miles